Woi woi, woi woi, woi woi. Then he then go on the radio again. Yo, if you wanna smoke free weed, go board yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go board yourself, make your knowledge increase. Go board yourself, go board yourself. Hey, all right. Welcome to episode 116 of Grow Bud Yourself. We have a great show in store for you guys today. We're going to talk a little news uh, for the interview. We have J.M. Balbuena. She is the author of The Successful Canapreneur, as well as a writer, filmmaker, advocate, and entrepreneur herself. Uh, very interesting segment there. In our grow section, I'm going to talk about uh, tips to ensure that your nuggets beat the heat. Um, as well as answer some of your grow questions. All of it brought to you by Seeds Here Now, Sweet Leaf Nutrients, Excelsior Extracts, and our friends at Prime Superior. Stick around. We'll be back with episode 116 coming at you. If you're a grower or you're thinking about starting your first crop, then you need to know about Sweet Leaf Plant Nutrients. Sweet Leaf has an incredible line of organic fertilizers and, of course, their legacy line that includes organic and some synthetic fertilizers. Check them out at sweetleaf.com. That's S-U-I-T-E-L-E-A-F.com. The code DANKO15 gets you 15% off everything at Sweetleaf. That's 15% off their signature line of nutrients as well as essentials like complete indoor hydroponic grow tent kits and grow lights, plus awesome apparel, backpacks, and much more. If you join our Patreon, you'll get access to additional codes worth 20 and even 25% off. Patreon supporters also receive free Sweetleaf nutrients just for signing up. Sweetleaf provides all the tools necessary for the modern gardener. Check them out at sweetleaf.com and remember the code DANKO15. All right, welcome back. Episode 116 is here. Thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong. Um, thanks to you guys uh, for sticking with us for yet another episode of Grow Bud Yourself. I hope uh, I hope you are beating the heat right now. It's pretty warm where we are. Uh, a little smoky as well. Not just from what I'm putting in the air, but uh, <laughs> some of you Canadians <laughs> have been putting it in the air as well. So uh, yeah, how's it going, Mike? It's going it's going well. The the smoke thing is weird. I was walking my dog yesterday and people were just lined up in the street taking photos of the sky. It's very strange. <laughs> Don't understand. Yeah. Well, when it gets all red and crazy and apocalyptic looking, you know, people people notice. And what's it's funny is, you know, all our friends in Cali are like, get used to it. <laughs> right. <laughs> they, they've been dealing with this for years. So they they are uh they're slightly amused or bemused at our uh at our amusement, I guess, or our bemusement. <laughs> something something like that. Yeah. Something like that. There's a lot of musing going on. It's true. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, we are in episode 116 of this podcast, which is kind of incredible. Blows my mind a little bit hearing that number. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, we did a hundred and something uh, previously of the old show, uh, and that started in 2011. So we've been doing this a while now. And uh yeah, man, 116 of the GBYs is pretty amazing. I like to say, um, if you like free weed, you're going to love Grow Bud Yourself. <laughs> Indeed. You know, <laughs> it works on a number of different levels. But uh, 
um yeah man that's a lot of shows and i hope uh i hope people have learned stuff i hope their their cannabis has improved and uh and they're thankful for it if they really are they'll join patreon right i mean <laughs> even at the four dollar and 20 cents a month level uh you still get a bunch of free stuff and really shows your support for us and uh what we do you guys are the ones that fuel the fire and you're the growers out there that uh are producing the cannabis that we love. So keep up the great work. And uh, do we have some news, Mike? Yeah, man, we do. We have some news. So why don't we uh, take a little look at what's going on in the world of cannabis? And I think we absolutely have to start with Maryland. Yeah. Uh, we got to start there. The adult use sales, adult use retail sales will begin July 1st. That is the day that this episode is airing. And uh, they hope to take advantage of the 4th of July weekend, also known as uh, the weekend of Danny Danko. It's <laughs> <laughs> not your birthday, Independence Day. But um, so I, I have to tip my hat to Maryland here as this appears to have been a really well executed uh, sales rollout compared to, say, I don't know, New York. Um <laughs> 67% of Maryland voters legalized adult-use cannabis on Election Day last November, and with it, a taxed and regulated uh, sales system. And now, just seven months later, the state is ready to begin selling cannabis to adults 21 and older. The new law allows for possession of up to an ounce and a half of marijuana and 12 grams of concentrates. However, they also have a personal use amount or the total amount of pot products allowed that maxes out at 750 milligrams of THC in total. And uh, incidentally, Maryland also allows home cultivation, but the law only allows for two cannabis plants in total, regardless of how many adults live at a, a residence. Medical patients are allowed to grow up to four plants at home, so probably still worth it to get your medical uh, uh, license there. One reason that the transition to retail sales has gone so smoothly is that Maryland has allowed medical cannabis transactions since December 2017. And now more than five years later, adult use sales will launch with around 100 previously licensed medical cannabis dispensaries allowed to sell recreational pot. Uh, the state will distribute additional licenses for adult use sales early next year and will emphasize minority and women-owned businesses with those new licenses. So finally, uh, pot products in Maryland will be taxed at the same rate as alcohol, a 9% sales tax, and regulators estimate that retail sales will bring in roughly $600 million in the first year. That would be quite impressive for a smaller state like Maryland. But congratulations, Maryland, joining the club. Yeah, absolutely. 20th adult use uh, legal state. Uh, and we have us, our our sister magazine, Marilyn Leaf. Congratulations to Wyatt and all the crew over there. Um, and like you said, it might it might still be beneficial to keep your medical card. I think there's other uh, reasons, not just the cultivation thing, but I think that uh, that THC limit uh, is different for the med patients. And I think that also certain products that are uh, very high in THC are, are reserved for medical patients as well. Um, so, you know, you might want to hang on to your medical card. A lot of the medical people get a little freaked out when things go wrecked because it kind of destroys the medical system. This has happened, or at least people have, have, you know, claimed that this has happened in other places. Um, I think most, most tellingly in, uh, Washington state, I would imagine, because they still don't even have home grow. Um, so they really kind of gutted their medical when they rolled out wreck and 
but you're right. Maryland was prepared. Um, they had a system in place. It didn't take them two years from when the people legalized. It only <laughs> took them a little over six months. So that's great. And, uh, you know, I, uh, more power to them. I think, you know, now that it's 20 states, once it's 25, I think there's going to be really not a lot of arguments against uh, descheduling cannabis, removing it entirely from any schedule and also uh, legalizing it federally uh, so that you know, you can legalize it federally and allow the states to decide how they want to implement that as well. So, you know, it doesn't it doesn't mean federal legalization is one type of legalization for every state. It just means the states can do it however they want. And so uh, what it really means is that we can start using banking uh, without all of the hassles uh, that exist right now. And I think that really unleashes the industry. But again, I'm not really even all that much about the industry. I think um, the industry is thriving on the fact that people are used to paying something like 50 bucks an eighth. Um, and so that's what they're going to charge with the taxes and everything included. But if you grow your own, you're producing that same eighth for five or 10 bucks um, or even less uh, in most cases, maybe, uh, you know, a dollar or two a gram. So I really don't think, uh, you know, if, if you want to be part of the industry, be part of the industry. I know the reality of the industry is very few companies are actually making money. Uh, most of them are alive because of investor money and that they need to pay back and some are paying it back and some probably aren't, won't, will not. So, uh, you know, that's something uh, we could talk with uh, JM Balbuena later about as well is, is, you know, how to survive as an entrepreneur uh, in the cannabis industry. But, you know, I'm trying to get people out of the cannabis industry <laughs> at the same time, because it's like, if you grow your own, you're really not subject to the whims of uh, of the industry or the taxes or any of the other BS. And you've got jars of your own homegrown cannabis uh, for pennies to the dollar. And, you know, everything that went into it, whether it's, you know, overfed or pesticides or PGRs or pretty much anything. So growing your own in a living soil is a great way to ensure that you always have a, a quality product. So cheers and cheers to Maryland, man, another state that, uh, has come to their senses. Absolutely, yeah. And that number that Danny was referring to, the twenty, that is the the number of states that have the the retail sales currently going. But we have twenty three states in the District of Columbia that have legalized adult use cannabis. So, as you mentioned, that it's just it's borderline unstoppable. And you're right, we are approaching that tipping point. So, good awesome. stuff there. Um, all right, so now let us go to uh, a little psychedelics coverage. And uh, NFL quarterback Aaron Rodgers, who now plays for my beloved slash hated New York Jets, is pushing for the legalization of psychedelics. Uh, Rodgers made no secret of taking ayahuasca after the 2019 season, and he called the experience radically life-changing. Recently, Rodgers credited this experience with helping him on the field, noting that he won the MVP on the strength of 48 touchdown passes and only five interceptions after taking ayahuasca. And now he wants other people to have the opportunity to experience the benefits of psychedelics. He spoke on a panel during the Psychedelic Science 2023 conference in Denver put on by the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, that's MAPS, uh, Colorado recently joined Oregon in decriminalizing psilocybin, the psychedelic compound in magic mushrooms. And Rogers has credited psilocybin and ayahuasca for easing his fear of death and uh, deepening a sense of self-love 
and he thinks other people will benefit from these substances as well, telling the audience, quote, is it not ironic that the things that actually expand your mind are illegal and the things that keep you in the lower chakras and dumb you down have been legal for centuries? So Rogers is putting himself out there advocating for the use of psychedelics. And I think uh, no matter where you stand on the issue, if he wins a Super Bowl with the Jets, there's really <laughs> no question that all psychedelics should immediately be legalized across the country. Because if that happened, it's clear that ayahuasca is basically like that pill from Limitless, but without the side effects. So <sighs> love it. that love aside... It. <laughs> this is this is pretty great. A, a superstar football player who's still active in the NFL because we've seen advocacy from uh, on a range of issues, mostly from players after they retire. But yeah, an active superstar player publicly and proudly advocating for the use of psychedelics. Love it. I absolutely love it. And uh, I'm a Jets fan this year. What can I say? <laughs> I'm I'm rooting for uh, the team that's all, you know, peaking. At, at the right time <laughs> we really need them to peak at the right time though nice that's important mm -hmm. you know so we just have to time things properly so that you know drums and space <laughs> comes on sort of right right there in the in the moments uh in between if you get confused <laughs> just watch aaron Rodgers play exactly exactly so yeah that's awesome man and uh Good luck to him. And I, I applaud him. You know, I don't always agree with him on every subject, but I do applaud him on uh, on being so open about something like psychedelics uh, during his career. Like you said, not, you know, currently playing, which is pretty amazing. So I'll be following along with that. And amazing that he was a speaker at MAPS. I mean, that's they, I think they had something like 12,000 people at this uh, psychedelic conference. Uh, so I have a little bit of FOMO on that one, I think. Uh, <laughs> That might have been a really fun experience and enlightening and interesting. And uh, and uh, certainly a lot of the people we know, uh, luminaries in that world, uh, would be there speaking as well. So uh, and, and if you guys were there, uh, let us know your uh, impressions of, of that event. Again, that's I was in Denver just a few days ago. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's pretty interesting because we're we're in a place right now where, uh, like we discussed in our last episode, the NBA officially removed cannabis from its banned substances list, meaning the players will no longer be tested or or punished for using pot, and uh, they could even invest in cannabis companies. So they can't own a cannabis company while active in the NBA, but they could invest. And then last week, the NFL announced it would continue funding research into the benefits of CBD as an alternative to opioids. So um, clearly, there there seems to be growing support for naturally healing substances in the sports world. And then, you know, athletes have massive influence right now. There's sort of like the the new new rock stars, right? Absolutely. Good news all around. All right. So while we had that good news, let's go to a little kind of saddening news, I guess, but uh, in Florida, where sad news starts, um, uh, Florida has an upcoming ballot initiative, or should, uh, to legalize cannabis, but that is in jeopardy. The Smart and Safe Florida Committee collected nearly a million signatures, and it has its adult use ballot initiative in position to be on the ballot in the upcoming election. However, there is one more hurdle before Florida voters, 70% of whom support legalizing recreational pot, uh, before they'll be allowed to vote on the issue. The state Supreme Court has to approve the measure's wording. And this, unfortunately, is no small thing 
because this is exactly where prohibitionists have successfully destroyed legalization campaigns in the past, as the court has twice struck down initiatives for being confusing to voters or not addressing a single subject. And now, as expected, Florida's Attorney General Ashley Moody is attacking the latest ballot initiative. She's asking the court to toss it out, effectively ignoring the million people who signed their names indicating that they wanted an opportunity to vote on the issue, and ignoring the 70% of voters who support legalizing cannabis. Uh, Moody's office claims that the ballot summary is, quote, misleading to voters in several key respects. Now, without going into too much detail here, the issue essentially boils down to the attorney general stating that the measure is inherently misleading when it says that adults can possess or use cannabis for recreational purposes because cannabis is illegal under federal law. So Moody has the audacity to say that the court erred in allowing the state's medical cannabis initiative to reach the ballot in 2016. That measure was approved by more than 71 percent of voters. According to Moody, quote, voters need clear guidance before being asked to lift state law penalties for the possession of a substance that would subject users to devastating criminal liability under federal law. You heard that right. Despite marijuana use across the country, despite 23 states in the District of Columbia legalizing adult use cannabis, Florida's attorney general is claiming that users will face devastating criminal liability under federal law. Now, this last-ditch effort to undermine legalization, it isn't limited to the AG, as Florida's Chamber of Commerce and the Drug-Free America Foundation also filed briefs asking the court to throw out the initiative. Ultimately, the court will decide, and hopefully the people have a chance to weigh in. If not, they can thank their attorney general for directly working against their interests. Yeah, this this is really frustrating to me because we we live in a democracy. The people vote, and then the politicians somehow uh, change the will of the people. It just doesn't make sense, and I hate it. And I think uh, these politicians should be ashamed of themselves for doing that kind of thing. I mean, uh, it's it's really standing in the way of democracy, and I think it's crazy. And we'll eventually win anyway, but they're just putting up these roadblocks that they know. All it does is just slow us down. Uh, but if you don't like cannabis, you're really not going to enjoy the future because <laughs> the future is filled with legal cannabis, even in Florida. Even in Florida. It's just very frustrating. Like the, yep. uh, Anyway, uh, that's a look at what's going on in the world of cannabis. But we we have a really interesting interview coming up. Yeah, absolutely. We have uh, J.M. Balbuena. Uh, she is a writer and a filmmaker and an advocate and an entrepreneur, also a, a veteran, a uh, Navy veteran. Um, and this, and she's written the book, The Successful Canapreneur. Um, this is about uh, her experiences as an entrepreneur in the cannabis industry. So uh, why don't we take a break and we will come back uh, with JM. Whether you're growing from seed or from clone, Prime Superior's simple, safe, and effective products can take your cultivation program to the next level. Prime Superior offers a two-step process that will benefit any garden. This is possible thanks to Prime Superior's proprietary strain of Bovaria bassiana, which is optimized for plants and sets up a symbiosis that increases terpenes, cannabinoids, and yield. Simply coat your seed to inoculate and aid rapid germination or dip your clone cutting 
with the world's first biological cloning honey and improve growth the way nature intended. Next, continue maintenance on your crop with foliar or fog applications of Prime Superior's Drench, which will boost your plant's growth and ensure a healthy harvest. Best of all, the Drench will work with already established gardens, so anyone at any stage of growth can achieve a cleaner crop with better yields. I gotta tell you, I use this stuff myself, not just on my cannabis, but on houseplants as well, and everything has greened up. Everything is super healthy, whether it's the seed coating product, the cloning honey, which is incredible. The drench is absolutely great. It comes in a spray bottle, uh, pre-mixed, so it's ready to be sprayed. This stuff is incredible. And I have literally noticed more cannabinoids and more terpenes. So it really is an amazing product. And now's the time to try Prime Superior and the world's first biological cloning honey. Grow Bud Yourself listeners can use the code PS420 for 15% off their entire order at primesuperior.com. So don't hesitate, inoculate, and visit primesuperior.com today to learn more. All right, welcome back. And we have a very special guest for you guys this week. It is J.M. Balbuena. Uh, she is a writer, filmmaker, advocate, and entrepreneur who's also the author of The Successful Cannapreneur and uh, a Navy veteran and a cannabis patient. So uh, welcome to the show, J.M. Thank you, guys. So honored to be here. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure to have you. And uh, I want to get right into, you know, your uh, early life uh, because you you came over to the United States uh as a, as a child, right? Yeah, teenager. I was 13 years old. Um, I came from the Dominican Republic and moved to Jersey um, with my family. So it was it was a drastic change. Um, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so uh, and then uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, your service in the Navy. Mm -hmm. um, tell me a little bit about sort of how that how that manifested itself. Yeah, you know, I was one of those people. Um, I love the ocean, first of all. So that's the reason why I picked um, the Navy. But I I graduated college and um, like most Americans had student loans that needed to be paid. And I was looking for ways um, to get that paid. And so the military kept coming up. They had what at that point in 2010 a program called the loan repayment program. You joined in as enlisted and they forgave all your loans. And so I joined under that premise. And, um, and, and to be honest with you, not just that, I, I always, um, I always tell the story. I have this, um, when I was a kid in the Dominican Republic, I had a little sailor suit. It was like a dress, but it was <laughs> a sailor dress kind of thing. And it used to be my favorite thing. And I, as a kid, I always, thought that I would be a sailor at some point, you know, you have your little uh, ch childish fantasies and things like that. And and I saw myself being a sailor and I think it just manifested <laughs> in that way. <laughs> um, but while I was in the Navy, um, I worked as an aviation, in the aviation community, I was an electro aviation um, electronics technician uh, for VFA-41. So um, I deployed in an aircraft carrier, the USS John C. Stennis. And while I was in there, um, I suffered an accident while working on the flight deck. I um, was blown by one of the, by um, blasts from one of the aircraft on F-18. Um, and from that accident, I, I suffered a concussion, a traumatic brain injury from which 
unbeknownst to me, that's what would lead me um, to to cannabis. And you know, um, dealing with that, I would the concussion let me uh, left me with with um, some what seems to be permanent like sleeping disorder. And cannabis is the one thing that allows me to sleep through the night without causing like an addiction or causing uh, extra side effects that um, some of the stuff that they were giving me prior to me um, uh, consuming cannabis uh, were creating other things like depression and anxiety and things of that nature. And so um, that's what led me to cannabis essentially. Yeah. And you credit cannabis with saving your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because for three years, so um, the accident took place on my first deployment. I did um, two deployments and the accident happened on my first deployment. And I was dealing with that sleeping disorder um, for three years um, until I came uh, across into contact with with the fact that cannabis had medicinal purposes for what I was dealing with. And for three years, I was barely sleeping. And so you can only imagine the tension, the the uh, mood disorder. So it like things were leading from one thing to the next. And uh, it was just creating a lot of issues in my life, like personally. Um, and so the first night that I consumed and I slept five solid hours, it was a no brainer to me. I just started doing the research like, wait, why is this illegal? Even the stuff that they give me right now in the form of pills doesn't allow me to sleep, to have like a restful night of sleep. Um, and, you know, I went down that rabbit hole and I'm still digging. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Now, how did being a patient uh, evolve into advocacy and entrepreneurship and ultimately writing and 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 filmmaking and the things you do? Yeah, I think it's like a natural evolution for somebody um, in cannabis. So you have your experience your personal experience for me it was almost like a life-saving it, it was definitely a life-saving experience because after those three years of barely sleeping and, and and all those other issues that I was dealing with um I const- constantly thought about you know suicide like I just thought like this can't be life like I can't be living like this I don't rest you know I'm not sleeping now I'm having issues with you know, the people that I love. And obviously I, I wasn't even putting two and two together until I consumed cannabis. I got a full night's sleep. I'm thinking to myself, like, this is how it should be. And honestly, I want it to be like that with or without the cannabis, you know? And so that's when I realized I need professional help. So in that moment, I knew that I needed to seek, you know, some type of therapy to to help me understand like what was going on with this TBI and, and the repercussions like going forward. So now at this point, I'm like, so why is this illegal? So I'm 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 looking into it. I come from a a a, a family that's super hardcore Christian. Um, and now I'm thinking to myself, even battling my own stigma, like, am I a drug addict? Um, now I'm, am I hooked on drugs now? This is supposed to be the gateway drug. At some point, am I going to seek something else, you know? And so from there, just learning that and then me being uh, such a, of such diverse background, you know, I'm, I'm an immigrant, I'm Afro-Latina, 
um, a veteran, a woman. So I'm thinking all the different areas that it's helping me. And that's on like the advocacy side of things. It's like, you know what? Veterans need access to this. Um, women need access to this. And so um, obviously there's more education to be had because me at that point, in my, that was like my mid twenties, late twenties. Um, I'm thinking all the information that I knew about this based on my experience is almost, you know, it's incorrect. So that need for to to um, uh, just divulge that information, that's where the advocacy side of things. And then from the entrepreneurial jump was going to the dispensary for the first time. I tell my story in the book It's I'm looking at how many people are coming in and out of, out of the dispensary at this point is 24, late 2014. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't even see this many people at a liquor store at once, you know, people coming in and out, the parking lot was full. Um, and just like my little entrepreneurial senses, um, just started, you know, going off. And, and then I started looking into beyond, you know, the, the medical side of things, I started looking into the actual industry side of things and, and what that was looking like and the legalities and what was possible, what wasn't possible, you know, in California, which is where I reside and outside of California. And then realized it's a, a, and at that point, multi-million dollar industry later, nowadays, uh, you know, they claim that it's a multi-billion dollar industry. And just knowing that most people that look like me weren't partaking um, in the legal side of things. And so I decided to to just get on that journey. And, and again, still down that rabbit hole. Here we are. <laughs> so that was pretty much the evolution. So, OK, so what kind of advice uh, do you give people in uh, this book, The Successful Canapreneur? What type of uh, things would, would somebody be learning uh, by picking up this uh, book, which is currently available in all formats, I should mention, uh, hard copy, digital audio, and uh, soon to be Spanish language version? Already is. I oh, launched perfect. it about almost two months ago. It's already oh, launched in Spanish. Um, but there are many things that you can find. I, I try to take a um, layered approach to it. So I obviously give you my experience, how I started um, as a patient and, you know, what we spoke about um, in this conversation, my evolution into the space, but I provide a lot of information um, about the industry itself, um, the legalities of it, the the ways to get into business, whether you decide to be a um, plant touching, whether you know own a dispensary or a manufacturing facility, manufacture product, or ancillary side of things where you know you can use whatever um, business you have now and see how it can support the industry and, and, and use the industry pretty much as your client. Um, because as you know, in, this, in the cannabis industry, it's just like any other industry. You still need accounting, which is super important in this space. Um, you need uh, administrative things, you need technology, you need, you know, anything that a, that a business needs to thrive. And so people can consider that to be a way to get into the industry as, as well. So I dedicate some uh, chapters in the book to discuss that. Um, there's a chapter that talks about how to build a business plan for the space and, and giving some pointers uh, in what to do to even pitch to investors in, in, in your bit within your business plan. Um, and then I also have a full chapter that talks about um, 
the mindset that you need to have um, in order to be in an industry that's so dynamic, that changes all the time, um, that based on all the trials and tribulations that you would be going through because it's still federally illegal, because, you know, there's so much stigma still um, socially. And so I, the last chapter, which I think is one of the most important chapters, is called um, The Mindset of the Successful Canopreneur. And so I give some pointers there as to how to carry yourself, how to, um, you know, take care of your mental health, because that's super important. Um, as an, and I think anyone in business, not just in the cannabis industry, can would be able to relate to some of the things that I, um, that I discuss in that chapter. Now, is there a piece of advice that you wish someone had given you before you got in, involved in uh, cannabis entrepreneurship? You know what? Let me tell you something. My mentor and, and business partner, he told me straight up, look, this is going to be the hardest thing you <laughs> will ever do. And in the advice that I would have wished somebody had given me is believe that <laughs> because I was like, <laughs> First of all, I did two deployments on board in an aircraft carrier and I worked on the flight deck. That's like one of the most difficult and dangerous places to work in, to work in. But like I said, he was not lying. You know, <laughs> obviously this industry is not for, for the faint of heart. And but, you know, if you have a lot of passion um, for the uh, the potential of the plant itself and what it can do, um, uh, for society as a whole in, in, with res in many sectors, wellness, business, um, and socially, I think, uh, having that as a part of your why would give you the perseverance, um, to continue to be in this space. But, but what I wish somebody had told me was like, believe him right away. <laughs> Don't even second guess it <laughs> because it is tough. Right. Absolutely. A lot of, uh, hoops to jump through and uh, right things a lot of flaming hoops flaming hoops <laughs> right uh now tell me about bsw uh what is that what does that stand for and what's that all about yeah so bsw is uh boycott shitty weed um and you can find <laughs> us at boy uh i like boycott shitty weed.com or bswnation.com that's my advocacy brand um we utilize um graphics uh web3 components um fashion to tell the story about cannabis and you know uh in uh, we've had three collections launched since we started it um in 2020 and you know we talk about prohibition and who were the culprits that pretty much began with the narrative of crim criminalization and then the we have also I, you know i don't just try to focus on the on the negative side of things but also educating people on who actually contributed uh, for legalization to start for the movement of um, medicinal cannabis to begin. And so we use the merch and the graphics and um, Web3 components. We have a whole metaverse and spatial um, where you can walk around. If you have an Oculus, you can see a museum of, of all this information that we um, have on our shirts and you can represent too, if that's something you're into. Another one of the uh, the, the campaigns that we that we launched was Vipers. And Vipers is another way for stoners. That was our, our latest our latest con uh, collection. So there we um, we highlight how the jazz music jazz and blues musicians of like the 1920s and 30s um, they were stoners 
I'm talking about those people lived and breathed marijuana, okay? And they sang about it, um, and it was a super, like, low-key subculture. Um, and what the, the word viper was the word for stoner that they used, and it was even a word before stoner was coined. But it was, you know, super underground because they were pursued and criminalized and... Um, and so we, t- you know, in the research that I did and, and how I present the collection, uh, I showcase how they use cannabis, j- not just um, for the creative side of things, um, but also to cope with the racial relations that they were going through um, during those times. Because, you know, a lot of these guys like Billie Holiday, um, Louis Armstrong, they were super famous, but still had to come through the back door, you know, still had to um deal with all these different things that imagine being a human being like i'm famous i'm i'm the all these people are coming here to see me and i'm pretty much treated worse than them and so or worse than anyone else and so cannabis helped them you know with mental health even back then um and so i like to with the collections with bsw that's pretty much those are the conversations that we like to stir up (laughs) i love it I love it. Boycott shitty weed. And yes, uh, yeah, and I've been telling the story too. Because we're here in New York City and uh mm-hmm. you know I've been saying like New York My City My old stomping grounds. <laughs> yeah, our our cannabis culture goes back, you know, a hundred years. We're talking like the twenties and thirties when it was right. Louis Armstrong and Mez Mesro and exactly and, you know the Vipers and all that. And um Vipers and the Gauge. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Exactly. That was their name for cannabis. Huffing on the gauge. Mm-hmm. Um Tell me a little bit, you're a member of Veterans Walk and Talk. Uh, what is that? How does that work? And what's that about? Yeah, Veterans Walk and Talk is an organization out here. Um, in Cal- It started here in California and now is actually multi-state. And uh, with, with VWAT, what we do is we advocate for safe access of plant medicine um, to veterans. And not just veterans, but veterans and, and their families. Um, and so we do hiking therapy. We not, not just hiking therapy, actually, um, this month in July, we're going to be cleaning uh, a park here in San Diego that's um, in an underserved community. And we're getting it ready for Fourth of July so the community can um, enjoy a clean park and, you know, done by veterans because that's what we do. You know, we we we. By nature, you know, when you join, you you serve the country, and when you come out, you also continue to uh, have that culture. And with be what um, we connect with with medicine, not just cannabis. We also um, advocate for psychedelics, as you know. Um, there, are a lot of veterans have experienced healing with PTSD and 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 other of the issues that are unique to our community through these modalities that are from nature. And so, what we do is. We promote therapy in nature and from nature. Um, I've been a, a member of, of Veterans Walk and Talk since 2019 and fully support um, all of our missions. And then I use my businesses like Boycott Shady Weed and my dispensary, Jack's Cannabis, to and, and those resources to to contribute to to the mission and, and, the, um, and what we do with veterans, 100%. That's awesome. Um, yeah, tell me a little bit about Jack's Cannabis. You're also the CMO uh, of Prime Harvest, which is the the parent company, right? And yes, yes, right. So, so tell me about Jacks. Jacks is our XX for for our listeners. Yes, so they know. It's a it's a my our retail um, and delivery a retail 
dispensary and delivery uh, platform um, in California. So um, we started out, we've been open actually in San Diego since 2017. So we're one of the first um, dispensary to open here in Southern California with a, you know, licensed to, to sell cannabis. And, you know, we are right now expanding. Um, we are super involved in the community. Like I said, supporting veterans, supporting uh, women in business. Um, uh, all of our managers at Jack's are women, you know, badass women that are about that, you know, getting shit done life. Oh, can I curse? Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so, you know, we're just trying to continue to be one of those cannabis companies that, um, uh, fulfilled the mission of being diverse, of, you know, uh, practicing uh, safe access and making sure that, that we're in the community and providing more than just cannabis, you know, just um, a safe space uh, for the culture to be um, uh, to be displayed and also um, information so people can make an educated decision what, about whether cannabis is for them or even for someone else that they love. Um, and that's what we focus on, you know, uh, from within, just try to to be an example for the community and, and be a pillar in the community. So right now we have one dispensary open. We have two more licenses that we were granted, um, one uh, last year and one early this year. So look out for for Jax. Uh, we're expanding throughout the state. That's our, our, our three-year goal is to have uh, presence, not just in Southern California, but in Central and Northern California. And uh, with that, we have this campaign um, called Weed for the People. So you can check it out at Weed, the number four, and then thepeople.com, where you can actually invest in our company in exchange for equity. Um, and be a part of the industry in that regard if you're interested. Um, and anyone around the world can do it. So check it out if you get a chance um, and hit me up and we can talk about it. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of that, you also do uh, consulting. You run a consulting firm, right? Yes. Tell me about yeah, that. So Synergy is my my firm where I do consulting for different aspects of, of the space. So um, license, uh, license acquisition, uh, compliance management, and um, and then the media and marketing. So with license acquisition, I'll tell you, um, I have championed almost 40 licenses, uh, not just in California, um, in, 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 in the legal states where we help uh, companies apply um, and create a package that that is uh, successful. Um, I've, I've uh, participated in applications in the entire pipeline for cultivation, manufacturing, distribution, um, and retail, and, 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 and even for events, because California has an event license as well. And so we've participated in all of that. So helping companies to, to get licensed, um, helping companies to get compliant as well. We have that department um, that we provide services for. And then creating content um, for the space that that is uh, unbiased, that you know portrays brands in a way that people can connect with. Um, and yeah, check us out at SynergyStudios.tv. That's excellent. And also at the SuccessfulCanapreneur.com, uh, that's where people can download the uh, the book uh, as yes. an ebook. But you also have a few other. Uh, uh, writings here about funding a can of business, also uh, investing. So people who are even interested in investing or or getting their business funded um, and also uh, safety and effectiveness of CBD oil. 
um, and the hemp c- CBD industry. Uh, so you've got a bunch of uh, great information here for people. Uh, I guess let people, let people know exactly where they can find that information uh, online and, and through social media. Absolutely. So check out the successful there. Like you said, you can find some ebooks that are not just a success, the successful canopreneur book, but just more um, niched uh, information like that can pertain to exactly what you might be going through. Um, and so if you want to get the actual book, you can go there and get the the, the um, ebook version. But if you want a hard copy, you can get it on Amazon. Or if you want a signed one, you can hit me up uh, and I will make sure you get an autographed version and, and send that directly to you um, either way. So you can find me on Instagram, underscore JM Balbuena. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on, on Twitter. Um, and I look forward to hearing from everybody. That's awesome. You know, uh, from from my years in the industry, um, the thing that I notice most on my end, the successful people are the true believers. Mm-hmm. And they come to cannabis because cannabis calls them. It helps them. In your case, it saved your life. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, what I tell people is give back to the plant that's giving to you and, you know, make it about the plant also, you know, keep that at the forefront. Uh, and you seem to be doing all of those things in a, in a tremendous manner. So I just want to, <laughs> uh, I want to say it's pretty amazing that, um, you know, we didn't even talk about all the different, uh, degrees, uh, and, <laughs> and we didn't talk about the filmmaking very much either, but I just think, um, it's pretty amazing what you've been able to accomplish. Thank uh, you. and the fact that cannabis has helped you with that is, is amazing as well. And that you, uh, and that you're, you're, handing that down and passing that along uh to others is uh is just really great danny well i'll tell you what props to the plants because if it wasn't for the cannabis plants i we probably wouldn't be having this conversation and so everywhere i go i make it known you know cannabis definitely contributes to to me having my mental health under control it contributes you know to me being able to get rest um, and for that reason, I think um, it it behooves me to to make sure that this information is available for people. Um, that's why I wrote my book. Um, that's why I wrote it even in Spanish as well. So people uh, from my cultural background can also have an understanding and have access to that information. And now, now that you mentioned filmmaking, we are... Um, We've, we've been filming the documentary um, and we will be having showcasing the lifestyle of, of not just me um, as an entrepreneur in cannabis, uh, but other cannabis that are also doing their thing and, and, the, and telling their stories and their whys. Um, and I think a lot of people would be able to relate to that. So that's coming soon. Hopefully by the end of the year, we have some dates uh, of screenings and uh, I'm super excited about it. That sounds amazing, and hopefully they'll legalize in the in the Dominican Republic sometime. Hey, uh, we're I'm <laughs> getting in the weaves of that too because I feel like it's my personal responsibility too to contribute to that. Um, as much as I'm contributing here, well, they and could so grow some that's... amazing flower too. I mean, with right? The... <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Uh, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for your service. Um, thank to you. the country it. and to the plant. And uh, really appreciated having you on the show and uh, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you, guys. It was an honor. I appreciate you. And this conversation was dope. (laughs) Excellent.
we'll be back with more Grow Bud Yourself. Hey friends, I just want to let you know that friends don't let friends bring clones home. You don't know what the phenotypes are. You don't know whether there's pests or disease on those clones. The only way to really truly guarantee you're growing the phenotype of choice is through seeds. And the best way to get the seeds you want is through Seeds Here Now. Established way back in 2010, Seeds Here Now has been satisfying customers with the best genetics from the best breeders in the world. Pretty much anyone you want, they've got. With an average rating of 4.8 stars, Seeds Here Now is one of the most trusted and respected seed banks in the world. And Seeds Here Now is the only seed bank with a satisfaction guarantee. Plus, Seeds Here Now offers regular deals on seeds. Just click the On Sale tab on their website to see that month's deals on a variety of incredible genetics. And if you sign up for their email list, you'll be entered to win free seeds every time a Seeds Here Now email goes out. And... Grow Bud Yourself listeners can use the promo code GBY10 for 10% off anything on the site. So check out SeedsHereNow.com and get started on your own dream garden. All right, welcome back. And uh, thank you again to J.M. Balbuena. Um, definitely check out that book, The Successful Canapreneur. Uh, if you're interested in being a part of the industry, um, we are now in the cultivation section. Uh, there's no strain this fortnight, so I'm going to jump right in. Uh, I'm going to give you my tips to ensure that your nuggets beat the heat, <laughs> which recently happened in the NBA. So uh, That's right, I figured yeah. if the nuggets beat the heat, uh, who actually were the ones that took out the Knicks, I should say. <laughs> Uh, and who else did they take out? Uh, uh, the Heat. They took out the Celtics. They took out the yeah. Knicks. Uh, oh my gosh! They had so quite thank a run. God. Yeah, the Heat was really was 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 bad, but then the Nuggets were able to beat the Heat. And so I'm going to show you guys how your Nuggets can beat the Heat since it's getting pretty warm. You know, it's uh, July now, and uh, the heat is setting in. And I know uh, in some places it's getting hotter. So cannabis really does not want to be hot. Uh, so that's important. It doesn't want to be really over 80 degrees, I would say, is pretty much the limit um, that you really want to have uh, inside your grow space. And that's really honestly too much. Now, if you're growing hydroponically and you have uh, CO2 coming from a tank and that kind of thing, you can bump it up to 82 degrees or so and the plants will be okay. But ideally, you want to keep daytime temperatures 75 degrees or less uh 70 is even better to be honest um humidity around 50 percent uh and you really need thermometers and hygrometers you need a digital one that tells all of this all the time i stress this a lot to people uh particularly when i go into a grow and i just see like a a regular thermometer that just tells you what, what the temperature is at that moment um doesn't measure the highs and lows doesn't let you know when you've uh exceeded the highs and lows and things like that so a nice you know decent digital thermometer and hygrometer uh placed in the right area too you know you don't want that basically you want you want it in an area that's going to really give you uh the best reading of ambient temperature pretty much right at leaf surface level i mean that's uh the important space 
Um, so well, now that you understand what the temperature and humidity is, um, I'm going to give you some tips basically to bring that temperature down. I mean, the first obvious tip is air conditioning, um, HVAC, if you're doing like, you know, a big grow, but even for a tent grow, um, having an air conditioner in the room that your tent is in uh, is a great way to bring that temperature down. But just keep in mind that that's also going to possibly uh, bring down the humidity as well, because that's just the way air conditioners work. So uh, you may need to add humidity as you're lowering temperature with an AC in the room. And, uh, you know, there's ACs that go in a window. If you don't have a window in the room, there are stand-up air conditioners that you can get. Um, less effective than the window ones, but still will bring the temperature down. So that's important. Uh, another thing you can do, obviously, running the lights at night instead of during the day uh, could really uh, keep your room cooler and possibly save you on electricity in some places because, uh, you know, electricity is cheaper in the middle of the night than it is uh, in the middle of the day in, in many places because it's just you're using more electricity during the day. So uh, running them from, you know, let's say 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. or 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. Uh, in your flowering room uh, at night is definitely going to cool the room. And the important thing there is you just want to be able to be in the room when the lights are on uh, in order to do the work that you need to do in there. Um, other things, you know, if you're lucky enough to have central air conditioning, that's amazing because uh, that can really you can really dial in uh, lower temperatures with that. Um, circulation is important. Uh, you don't want dead spots, uh, and you don't want spent hot air, basically just lingering around your plants. There's no CO2 in it. Uh, and it's just basically keeping things too hot. Um, in the old days, they had air cooled lighting, although, uh, that's not so much anymore and water cooled lighting, uh, with the technology with LEDs. Um, and certainly I would, if you haven't switched over from, uh, HID lighting, such as high-pressure sodium or metal halide, um, I would certainly switch over to LED lights. That's a great way to cool down the room. HID lights are very hot. The ballasts are hot. The bulbs, everything just creates a lot more heat. So uh, certainly switching to LEDs is another uh, good way. And not just any LEDs. I mean, really do some research and get like a nice LED. It might be a lot of upfront cost, but uh, it'll save you a lot of money down the road in uh, heat and electricity and uh, just dealing with um, the amount of heat that, that comes off of HIDs. Now, if you have the ceramic metal halides, those are a bit more efficient, but um, like I said, LEDs have advanced to a level where you really can, uh, can take advantage uh, because they do create a lot of light and they don't create a lot of heat. So that's a good one for sure. Um, a chiller, if you're growing hydroponically in your reservoir, is a great way to cool uh, the water because if the water in your reservoir is too warm, uh, you're, anything over 80 degrees, for instance, is going to give you root rot. Uh, and there's issues with oxygen levels uh, because there's less oxygen in hot water than in cool water. So uh, keep, keep your solution cool using a, uh, a plug-in electric chiller that just sits in the water and keeps it cool. If you can't afford that, uh, freeze a water bottle, uh, freeze a, a, you know, two or three liter bottle full of water, uh, plastic bottle, and then just drop that in there. And that'll cool down uh, in the short term. That'll cool down your reservoir water as well. Um, I mentioned CO2 enrichment that definitely can, uh, can, 
I wouldn't say it doesn't cool the room, but it just allows the plants because um, they just can live in hotter environments when they're getting a larger amount of carbon dioxide. Um, so that's another thing you could do. Um, I, say, I say this a lot too, the ducting that you use, uh, every time you bend that ducting, you slow the air down and you reduce the CFM rate, which is the cubic feet per minute. So try to keep uh, all your ducting straight uh, and also to a minimum, you know, not big, long ducting. Uh, that, that'll help. Uh, insulating a room, you know, a basement typically tends to work better than an attic because uh, you can maintain that that temperature and humidity better uh, because you are down in a basement rather than up in the ceiling, you know, in the attic where near the ceiling and near uh, more heat sources. Um, light movers, I mean, I know they don't do that a lot anymore, but uh, that does also help reduce heat, particularly if you're using HID lights. Um, so that's basically some a few different ways to cool your space. Uh, obviously, swamp coolers uh, are another amazing way indoors with with a decent sized room uh, to keep it cooled down. And then I would say, you know, with something like outdoors, how to beat the heat. Uh, well, uh, shade cloth is helpful for those like really hot days. If it's, you know, blazing sunshine from like 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. or so. Uh, right around the, the mid noon, like midday, uh, that can be some of the hottest, uh, most intense sunlight. And if you can uh, reduce the amount of uh, heat getting to the plants during that time, that's pretty good with some shade cloth, uh, a greenhouse with some type of, uh, not completely opaque, but uh, material that will allow light through, but diffuse the light a bit. That's helpful as well, because uh, full sun is just very intense. Uh, using white pots uh, instead of black pots outside also will reduce uh, the heat that's absorbed by the pot that can actually literally fry your roots, uh, particularly if the plant is root bound. Um, that's a good one for outside. And then there's times when you might just need to just move the plants in, inside for a couple of days. If it's 105 degrees outside, um, they're going to suffer more from the heat than they would thrive from the light. So bringing them in on those really, really over a hundred degree days into cooler uh, indoor areas, um, while they will suffer because they're not getting as much light, they will not suffer as bad as they would if you left them outside in hundred degree weather. So I think, uh, you know, that's probably some really good starting points uh, for beating the heat. Uh, and then you guys, you know, if you have any suggestions, please uh, put them in the comments or send them to us in an email. Yes. All right. Excellent. Uh, grow tip beating the heat as the uh, as the Denver Nuggets did. Congratulations, Denver. Um, yes. So now it is time to take some questions from our listeners. And uh, as always, if you have a question you would like answered on the show, get in touch with us. You could do that through email, which is info at growbudyourself.com. So yeah, let's get started with our old friend Booby. And Booby writes, what's good, Dan and Mike? And hello to everyone in the GBY army. I have yet another breeding question. I was wondering, I don't think I've ever heard of a cross with any of the cornerstone genetics times bubblegum. Now, obviously, it was infamously crossed with an OG, but do you think it's been crossed with a haze or something like that? And if not, is it possible that it was crossed, but it didn't return well? I'm trying to decide between the bubblegum times haze or a bubblegum times granddaddy perp times northern lights number five. 
but I don't want to blow that development time if it's been done before and failed due to limited space concerns mostly. Uh, but if I'm on to something, please let me know. Regards, Booby. So yeah, Dan, uh, what do you think here? Yeah, um, yeah, bubblegum is an amazing strain, uh, origins of which are slightly mysterious, but uh, most people will agree that it started off in Indiana, and I think the original grower uh, brought some some seeds or plants to Holland or to Netherlands uh, back in you know the mid mid nineties or so, uh, and distributed that amongst a couple of the breeders there, uh, including Adam, who we've had on the show from TH Seeds, um, as well as uh, at the time uh, Simon and Tony were cerebral seeds that eventually split. Uh, Simon continued on with serious seeds and Tony uh, with Sagarmatha seeds. And so there was a couple of different versions of the blueberry, different phenotypes, uh, slightly different, I would say. Adam's Adam describes his as mostly indica. Uh, Simon think, calls his a little bit more on the sativa side. Um, either way, um, it, they both have that bubblegum fragrance, very unique. Uh, anyone who smoked it really knows like it's, it's very different from pretty much anything else you've smoked. Uh, as far as crosses of it, I know it's won a ton of awards. Um, I haven't really heard of a lot of bubblegum crosses. I'm going to have to ask Adam. It might be one of those plants that just doesn't breed well. Um, there happens to be these plants out there for sure um, that are phenomenal uh, to smoke, but then you cross them and, and things just get muddy um, and they don't really, it doesn't really come out in the crosses. And I'm, I'm, I suspect that's probably the case with bubblegum. Otherwise we would see a lot of bubblegum crosses. That having been said, I think anytime you're crossing something, you know, particularly, I'm not sure which pheno you have, uh, but just because it didn't work out, you know, for Adam and Simon and Tony to make bubblegum crosses doesn't mean it's not something you can try and, and something worth trying. Uh, again, I don't know that they ever crossed bubblegum and haze. I don't know that they ever crossed bubblegum and OG. Um, although you mentioned that uh, there have there has been some OG bubblegum crosses that are, that have taken off. That could be because of the OG, not necessarily the bubblegum. But I would just say uh, go for it, you know, because the only way you're going to find something new out there is to create new seeds. And if there's two distinctly different varieties, um, it may not have worked out for someone in the past. But that doesn't mean it can't work out in the future. Uh, particularly, you know that that you know keeper pheno that one in a thousand uh plant that you could find that would be so unique and different uh i would love to try a bubblegum haze cross for instance um and pretty much anything like you said uh cornerstone genetics crossed with bubblegum um i can't think of what uh, the og bubblegum one that you're talking about is but um i i, I say go for it uh, you know, it's unique, it's different, and you might find something brand new. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Booby, for writing in once again. And uh, now let's go to Mark. And he writes, hello, I am a new grower in Western New York. If my child was hungry and I simply gave him a head of iceberg lettuce with no utensils, I would not feel he would understand what to do with it. The lettuce has a lot of nutrients, but it's not so easily accessible to my toddler's son. I see the similarity with humic acid, am I right? Humic acid uh, is the utensils for the plant to consume more efficiently the nutrients provided by the fertilizer. 
That said, I have nine indoor plants, each in five-gallon containers. I fertilize a profoundly diluted amount every time I water. I have been doing this for years with all of my plants, and I've never had a problem. However, how often should I apply the humic acid? Say, for example, I fertilize once a week. Would I apply the humic acid every time I fertilize? I'm looking forward to becoming a supporter of your outstanding podcast. So interesting analogy there, interesting question. Uh, what would you say here to Mark? Yeah, absolutely. I think the analogy is correct for sure. I mean, uh, what humates or humic acid does uh, is it does break down and, and help the plant to absorb nutrients. Uh, it also increases root growth um, and stimulates beneficial microbes and reduces harmful microbes, which is very good. Uh, increases moisture retention as well, uh, improves the soil, strengthens the plant's immune system, basically. So it's very good to use. Um, I don't know that I would use it every time you water. So you're saying you fertilize every time you water, you do that about once a week. I would say maybe do the, the humic acid once every two weeks. So maybe skip the uh, humic every other time. Uh, you don't want too much of a buildup of that. But I think uh, basically if you fertilize weekly, I would do the humic acid uh, bi-monthly. So that's right, right? Twice a month. <laughs> and uh, and in that way, I think you'll have all the, uh, the plant food, the lettuce uh, for your toddler. And your toddler will grow up big and strong and very healthy uh, from that humic acid and all that uh, beneficial microbial activity um, that is all helping to break those nutrients down to a size that your roots can actually uptake and absorb and uh, and use for growth. All right, very good. Thank you again for writing in, Mark, and for your uh, for your support. Let's uh, let's do one more here. Let's go to Steve O Funbus, who writes, "Hey guys." Uh, let me begin by saying I love the show. I listen regularly. It has helped scratch one of those itches that comes with this hobby slash obsession. I do have some constructive criticism of the word choices surrounding plants that start to go, quote, hermy. Uh, this term is imprecise for a couple reasons. The more accurate term would be intersex plants or plants that display intersex traits. Uh, the reasoning behind this is that hermaphrodite would describe single flowers that have both male and female parts. While technically with cannabis, you would have flower clusters where individual flowers are either male or female. It's semantics, but it's a pet peeve of mine. Plus, the term hermy just sounds infantile. <laughs> um, another oversimplification that needs clarification is that at one point, our friend Danny mentioned that if you breed feminized seeds that have an intersex trait, that the progeny will be 50% intersex and 50% female. I think there's more to it. Uh, cannabis may have female plants that show intersex traits only under particular stresses, for instance. Also, there are fatal allele combinations that can throw off the display of traits during meiosis. Danny wasn't necessarily wrong. He just wasn't as precise as he could have been. Thanks for everything. Steve-O Funbus. He should be Steve-O No Funbus, but... Um, <laughs> no, this is great. But he made, yeah, he made some good points. What, what, do you, what do you got here, Dan? Yeah, no, I, I, I believe that Steve-O is, Steve is right. It's true. Uh, you know, her, oh, there's a lot of oversimplification going on uh, with what we talk about. I even, I mentioned this a lot, but the whole Indica-Sativa hybrid uh, conversation is really a way oversimplification of 
uh, a much more complex thing that's going on with polyhybrids and and all of that and and so it's true uh it te you're technically right that the it's uh, intersex plants rather than um hermes for instance and uh it's just shorthand it's kind of a way for me teaching beginners to give an example or an, an analogy almost to uh what they would understand basically meaning a plant that has the traits of both males and females uh so you're right uh, i should start using intersex i should start using cannabis uh instead of marijuana i should uh not you know rely on the indica sativa hybrid kind of uh fallback you know this one's this dominant this one's that it's really about the terpene combinations um and so there are definitely oversimplifications and clarifications that need to be uh fixed uh and uh thank you i really honestly i appreciate uh constructive criticism and feedback of this kind because it really does uh, take us to the next level. It makes me think about the words that I use and how to describe these things. Uh, and uh, it makes us sound more science and less bro. And I think that's important as we find out more and more about these plants and, and, and how they work and what we can do to grow them better. <laughs> you know what I mean? So thank you, honestly, um, for the constructive criticism. Keep them, keep them coming. Uh, I'm not always right. I have been wrong about a lot of things over the years, uh, and that's okay. You know, we're all learning together. Um, so even with something like neem oil that I used to recommend, I do not recommend neem oil anymore. Uh, I used to tell people to stay away from LED lights and, and stick with HIDs. I, now I'm telling people convert from HIDs to LEDs. The, the LED technology has caught up. Uh, new information has come to light. I think that's a uh, Big Lebowski quote, but uh, I try to live life basically based on Big Lebowski quotes. And so uh, when new information comes to light, we need to be aware of it and accept it and not uh, always so resistant to new technologies, new ways of speaking and new ways of thinking, new ways of growing. So thank you and uh, keep them coming, man. You guys, uh, we're, we're, we're nobody without... Our GBY army out there, uh, which I should also mention, we've got GBY merch out there. I know I mentioned it in the uh, intro, but don't forget, like, if you're wearing G Grow Bud Yourself merchandise and I run into you, I'm pretty much contractually obligated to share some weed with you. And uh, if I have whatever I've got on me, I, I you know, if it's a GBY stickers, if it's um, some seeds from Seeds Here Now, uh, if it's some some cannabis from a competition that I'm judging, uh, I will share with you if you have that uh, Grow Bud Yourself merch on. So you guys are the ones that uh, fuel the show, uh, particularly the Patreon supporters. So really do appreciate you guys. And uh, thanks for the feedback, really, truly. All right. Well, that took an unexpected turn. But uh, what I was going to say was I agree with you. Uh, but the the one caveat I would just mention uh, regarding the cannabis marijuana pot thing is that when you do this for a living, it's very helpful to have a couple of words that you could use to refer yeah, to it. Otherwise, it gets very course. repetitive. Of but. course. And that, I was saying that in a slightly in a sarcastic way, too, because mm -hmm. the reality is, um, as writers, we use all those words. And uh, as people who put post content on the Internet, 
you have to be aware of the the search terms that people are using. And to be honest, cannabis isn't the first search word that people are using. They're using weed. They're using marijuana. They're using, uh, you know, whatever the words are, you, you, you kind of have to be aware of them. And if that shifts and cannabis is suddenly the number one search word, that's, you know, that that's good, I think, in my opinion. But at the same time, uh, you know, we can't just use the same word over and over and over, uh, if that, especially if that's the subject that you're constantly writing about. So <laughs> I got to use the words, you know, weed. I got to use uh, any words I can to spice up my writing. So um, we did but, stop using dope. So that's good. Yeah, that's that one I've I've never been fond of because <laughs> no. that has other connotations. And you know, to me, using the word dope has like there's like five different reasons why I don't like to use that word. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, association with uh hard drugs, obviously with heroin. Uh people call that dope. Uh the word dope just means you're stupid. I mean, they call people dopes. Uh you know, and so you know, I've had conversations with people that will tell you that marijuana, using the word marijuana is racist, you know, because that was a term used basically to uh, disparage the Mexican immigrants uh, that were smoking marijuana, you know, and they called it marijuana. And so, uh, you know, there's arguments for and against all of this. Uh, I try to use cannabis as often as possible, you know, for the most part when I'm speaking uh, to people and when I'm doing grow classes and things, but you can't just use one word for the subject that you're talking about that has a bunch of words that to describe it. So uh, I see both sides of that argument, but I'm going to continue to use all those words. And and I don't really truly believe that uh, there's any reason to just limit the words. Uh, but again, with some, I do like dope, for instance. Right. Well, Steve-O, you were technically correct, which is the best kind of correct. Uh... Yeah, my wife loves that too, when I'm t- technically correct. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but thank you to everybody who wrote in this week. Uh, and if you have a question you would like answered, uh, get in touch with us. The email is info at growbudyourself.com. You could also get us uh, on the socials, on Patreon, et cetera. Uh, how about we take a short recess, come back, and then wrap this one up? Let's do it. Hey guys, I want to tell you about one of our favorite sponsors, Excelsior Extracts. Outcast and TOH from Excelsior are incredible people, incredible growers, and they make an amazing product. Their THC-infused pain rub is made by patients for patients, and it provides powerful relief from pain. This product was developed to treat Outcast's chronic pain, and trust me, this is a super potent topical that really works. You can find out more about Excelsior on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts. That's E-X-C-E-L-S-I-O-R-E-X-T-R-A-C-T-S. DM them there to learn more about their amazing pain rub. And don't forget to tell them that Grow Bud Yourself sent you. All right. Welcome back. Thanks to you guys for uh, listening to episode 116. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, thank you to J.M. Balbuena, author of The Successful Canapreneur. Check out uh, her website and socials. Um, thanks to you guys for listening. Thanks to you, Mike. Thanks to uh, Seeds Here Now, our sponsor. Check out seedsherenow.com. Use the code 
GBY free ship for free shipping on all of your seed purchases. Um, they have such an amazing variety of different breeders that they uh, curate basically in this incredible uh, ability to get seeds here now. Uh, check out Sweet Leaf Nutrients. Uh, they have a code Danko15 for 15% off. You get uh, you can get a code for 20% off or even a, for 25% off when you join uh, our Patreon at different levels. So please check that out. Um, thanks to Excelsior Extracts, their THC infused pain relief rub is amazing. Uh, check them out on Instagram. Thanks to Prime Superior. Prime Superior is back as a sponsor here and uh, we're really excited about that. PS420 is the code for 15% off uh, primesuperior.com. You can learn more about their product on episode 91 uh, when we spoke to Todd Young and Dr. Paul Rushton of Prime Superior. Um, really psyched to have them back uh, in the fold as an advertiser. It's an incredible product. It's one I use myself, as I mentioned. Um, and they have a few different amazing uh, inoculants. They have what I uh, have had tremendous amount of success is the uh, cloning honey, um, the biological cloning honey. Uh, I've always used Olivia's. I've always used, you know, just whatever I could get at the hydro shop, uh, powders, gels. Um, and this stuff is just, it's honey. I mean, it's like the perfect food for plants and it, uh, it inoculates them. It, you really get an amazing fresh start with your cuttings with the, with the honey, the drench is amazing. Uh, everything they make is, uh, an amazing product. So please check them out at primesuperior.com. Uh, want to thank, uh, J.M. Balbuena, I think I did mention her, but uh, thank you to her for being a guest on the show. And uh, all of the supporters, the YouTube subscribers, uh, particularly the Patreon supporters, please jump on there and support us. Uh, check out our merch. Go to growbudyourself.com. Click on merch, and you can see I've added a bunch of stuff. There's T-shirts. There's uh, hoodies. There's um, all kinds of There's iPhone cases and coffee mugs. Um, as mentioned, if I see you in GBY gear, uh, I will definitely be very excited to see you and very happy and uh, sharing of uh, <laughs> of the love. So anyway, uh, episode 116, I hope you guys enjoyed it and uh, let's put it in the books.